Hello, Pastor Deborah here, and welcome again to another wonderful spiritual teaching video for you. This is another word of encouragement out of that spiritual teaching series for you. This is number 32, and we're in the year of 2023. I'm trying to keep up with each week because at least I can offer you that. I hope you're doing well today, and I hope that you have found what you're looking for. I talk to many on LinkedIn, oh, and they want to connect, but they don't realize that they're searching for something to connect to. They just don't know that it is something that is drawing them. So welcome here in the garden, and we're going to use this wonderful video, I'm sorry, this wonderful picture. That I got from Google Free Clipart. And we're recording through Zoom Pro. Now, I'm not using a green screen. So strange things will I look like. Around my hair, my hand points and it disappears. It's because there's no green screen behind me. I've used the big ones, the professional ones, the ones that you attach to a chair. Homemade ones. All of it was too cumbersome, and it took too much time. I'm a, sort of a busy person. I have to be in the right frame of mind to record. So I have to get my laptop set up, my camera, my microphone, get dressed, of course, and be in the right frame of mind and spirit to talk to you. So some days I don't do it, but when I'm ready, I have maybe an hour or two of recording to do. So taking those extra steps to set up a green screen took too much time. They were too cumbersome. I had to store them. And then it wasn't big enough. It didn't work. So I did away with them. I'm hoping eventually Zoom Pro will be able to have a great background without me hand disappearing or things coming through from my background. Maybe one day it'll sort of be so technically advanced that we won't need those additional green screens. Yeah, maybe one day. But right now, today, I don't have one. So if I look fuzzy to you or things you just can't stand to look at it, just close your eyes. Listen. It's the words that are important, but if you get to see this visual, this is a picture imagined by somebody in a drawing of the throne room and the throne of the great I am, the king of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and King David, the great king himself, the king of heaven. And here we are, as you can see down here, that represents us and you see these scrolls they represent the word of god you see the angels the clouds and the light he is in the light he is the light and we spiritually come into that light our physical bodies cannot come in the physical world and the physical nature cannot come into that light it was created by him not in the mess it is but the design, the DNA, which got perverted, 
because of pride and lust and greed of another. But the great creator, the architect of the universe, sits way up there. In this video, I'm going to ask you a question. And we're going to use this picture to help us. And the question to you is, do you abide in the holy temple and the holy hill of the Lord God of Israel? He is up on the top of a mountain, a holy hill. This is his throne room. How you can understand this, if you study ancient history of the pharaohs, the Greek kings, Persia, Israel, most nations had kings. Some of them still do today. I just heard that in Thailand, there is still a king. In England, they have a constitutional monarchy. But they still have all the glory of it. Because men's hearts are not changed yet. To live as a mighty king on earth. And rule in righteousness. Like the king of heaven. But we're trying to understand. Through these symbols. These shadows. Of who we are. What we're to do. Here on earth takes a lot of teaching to understand a kingdom. We get bits and pieces, as I said, through ancient history and civilizations. But the book, the authorized King James Bible, it is about a king and his kingdom and his edicts, his words of law, his decrees. It's about his rulership. It's about how he governs nations and people spiritually in their hearts. Through thoughts, through rules, statute, commandments for the spirit. And the spirit is a child, an offspring of this mighty God. They are a God themselves, but they don't know it yet. They are a king, but they're ignorant. And they're to learn from special master teachers how to be it, what the purpose is, and then to go out among the nations spiritually and in the natural and bring the rulership, the leadership, bring the statutes, the ordinances, the commands, the glory and the power and authority on earth in the natural and in the spirit through us, through the Spirit. We are administrators. We are political leaders. We are kings. We are warriors. We live in a colony from the great I Am, from the kingdom of heaven. He has planted us here on this planet and soon probably other planets. And he is desiring for us through our spirit through our soul, and through our physical body, to rule and reign wherever he puts us and to make it look like the kingdom of heaven. He first starts inside of us with our thoughts, with our understanding, with our knowledge, with a relationship to him. 
and he teaches us about being one family, the family of humanity, and a family that rules and reigns and governs righteously over nature, over ideas, over thoughts, and that we learn how to battle and fight our spiritual enemy and the kingdom of flesh. So here in this word of knowledge, here in this word of encouragement for you, we're going to the authorized King James Bible. We're going to go to Psalms. These were poems and songs written by King David, the second king of ancient Israel. King Saul was the first one. King David started off good as an earthly king. His story about being a king is excellent to watch and study. He got anointed as a young child, a teenager, by a prophet. But yet he went and spent the next 30 years or more under a wicked, evil king, a leader, Saul. And he even had to run away because Saul was trying to kill him. Saul had gotten evil and wicked. He had disobeyed direct commandments through Saul, through Samuel. Because God could not talk to the kings yet. He could not. They were still flesh creatures. He would talk to Samuel who had dedicated his life and talked to Samuel as a child in dreams. Well, Saul disobeyed and he lost the anointing. Many of you have lost it yourself. And now you're an evil, wicked creature spiritually. And someone has replaced you. And that's the story of King David replacing Saul. But at the same time, Israel was not to have an earthly king. They were to have this invisible God, this invisible king, going to battle for them and in front of them, teaching them, judging them on their righteousness or unrighteousness. But they didn't like that. The elders of Israel wanted a king like all the other nations, one that was human. They didn't want to go through the priest or the prophets. They didn't want to be led by this invisible God. They wanted an earthly king. Sadden God's heart, sadden Samuel's heart. But God said, you go tell them, Samuel, what kind of earthly king they're going to have. They're flesh creatures. I'm not in them yet. The cross has not yet happened. You go tell them what kind of king they should be, what they're to have or not have. And if they obey me, I'll be with them. So Samuel went and told him. Said, here is what's going to happen. Here's the rules. If you live by the rules of God as a king, you won't have many horses. You won't take up a lot of money for yourself. You'll have one wife. And some other things. This is all in the Old Testament. And you're not to live a certain way. But they didn't do that. But God was with King Saul. He anointed him. You can see that in the movie, David. And you'll see King Saul get anointed by the Holy Spirit. Be in connection with the Holy Spirit. And he he won battles against the enemy that was in ancient Israel. 
But then what would happen? Samuel would come, the prophet would tell King Saul to do something or not do something. And he didn't do it. And he was given two or three chances and he didn't do it. And then he even lied to the prophet. And God removed his anointing as king. Didn't remove him from the position. The Philistines would do that through death. And they would kill his son, Jonathan. And the, in the movie, David, you'd see the crown rolling down a street, sort of, taken to King David. Now, King David grew up under King Saul, loved him as a father. And he, King David even killed the soldier who brought the news to him and brought the crown to him about the death of King Saul. It grieved David in his heart that King Saul had died. But yet he knew King Saul had become evil, wicked, and jealous and tried to kill him many times. But the love of a son towards a father, towards his king, was so powerful in King David. It grieved him deeply that King Saul had died. So the prophet Sam, the prophet Samuel, had to come along and help King David. Then the prophet Nathan came to be with King David, and Samuel had passed away. Samuel's kids, who were raised in the prophetic house. They didn't do right. They took bribes, money, to make righteous judgments. Really, they were unrighteous. And because of their actions, the people of Israel, the ancient elders, didn't want to have a prophet or this God representing them. When you misrepresent God to his people, You'll be removed. The anointing will lift off and you'll probably get killed. One way or the other. And even though you might have a lot of followers on social media, a lot of views and watched, you've built up a reputation. God is probably not with you. If you're in it for money, subscribers, if that's your business, Selling the word of God, selling his stories, his books, your teachings. That's not the heart of God. He never sold anything of his. He's a giver. Freely he gave his life, his words. Freely he gives. So a lot of people are not anointed, but they have a lot of knowledge. So hearing this word of encouragement out of Psalms written by King David, who became the second king of ancient Israel. The question for you today is, do you abide? That means, do you live? Are you welcomed in the holy temple and the holy hill of the Lord God of Israel? That's my question. If you serve another God, you believe in another God. If you pray to a statue, maybe a mother, ancestors, animals, and you're asking maybe the stars or wishing for luck, you do not abide, live in this holy hill. Cannot stand in the light. 
You cannot come before it. Many times I'm there, like this young man or person down here. I bow. I kneel spiritually in the presence of the Lord. A lot of times I go up the stairs. And I sit in his lap as a child. To come into that presence of that light. You must be light yourself. His offspring. His creation. Not perverted and twisted. Not another one's child. So let's get into Psalms 15. 1 through 5. But before let's open up with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father we thank you. For this wonderful picture. That helps us to illustrate you, the kingdom of heaven, your throne room, your holy hill. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit, our master teacher of spiritual things. Thank you for Zoom Pro for coming through them. Thank you for all the social media outlets, the technology, the IT people for helping us to move in a different way. Thank you for moving us forward. To get your word out, your truth, your light. Thank you for teaching us, helping us, nurturing us in your light, in your truth. That we may grow to the very image and likeness in our minds of Christ Jesus, the Son, the word of God itself. That we may look like, sound like you out here on this colony. In this spiritual place, around earth and on earth, and under the earth. Thank you, Father, for this teaching time in words of encouragement. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay, we're going to do Psalms 15, 1 through 5. Let's listen to King David as he talks to us. Lord God of Israel. Right there, he's telling us who his God is. And what does God is over? The word Israel actually means prince. Lord means owner and master. Provider. Protector. God means creator, architect, self-sustaining. means father each word when you read means something I had to study each word still do so I would understand verse 1 Lord God of Israel who shall spiritually abide reside live come into your spiritual presence your tabernacle, your favor. God taught me to put the word spirit and spiritual in front of words. The Bible is a book of spirit and life. God is a spirit. His words are spiritual. They're for our spirit. Then our spirit is to transform our soul, our mental thoughts, our images. Our soul was created to be a helpmate of our spirit. The soul is connected directly to the biological body. 
And I tested that out last night. I had one thought and immediately felt it in my stomach. There's a physical nerve. It's called the Vargas nerve. Runs from the brain all the way through the body. So when you have thoughts or feelings, they immediately release neurochemicals, sort of electricity also, through the the Vargas nerve. And it ends up, if not in one place, your stomach. So you get these funny butterfly feelings, this sickness. Chemicals are being released. Neurochemical electricity is being released into your stomach so you don't feel good. It was immediate, nana, nanoseconds. I tested it out. Because there's a lot of teaching out there that you haven't heard yet. That's right. There's wonderful doctors that teach on this. And people don't understand our mental, our emotional connection to our biological body. When you are feeling depressed, lack of peace, lack of joy, and you want some, you will use your physical body to get it. Your physical body is an organ, has nerves, It is a place of release of chemicals. So those two, the physical body of humus, of dirt, and the mental part of us is a helpmate to the spirit. The spirit usually does not contact the natural world directly. It works through the soul and the physical body. There is a realm of the spirit. It's called the spiritual realm. It's a Complete place, buildings, landscape, animals, creatures, laws, air, fire, power. That's where your angels are. That is in heaven and hell. It's a spiritual place where your spirit lives. The spirit was the first sort of blueprint of creation. Of creatures, of mountains, rivers, streams, nature, of everything. There's books, scrolls, lightning, thunder, clouds, storms, water, trees, fruit. And then, when it was time for God to have children, he created a new colony, a new land called the earth, the natural world. And it's a shadow of It's a covering. It's a helpmate with the spirit. That's right. I had to learn all that. Didn't get that in mental health counseling. So I couldn't teach it to you. But here, David is saying that the Lord God of Israel is his God. And he's asking him a question. If you go before him like this young man, you say, Lord God of Israel, who shall spiritually abide or rest? Reside in your spiritual presence, in your tabernacle, in your favor. Have you ever asked him that? Verse 2. This is God's answer back to David. When you read the Bible, you'll hear God talking to us. You'll hear angels talking to us. You'll hear Satan talking to us. 
demons talking to us and us talking to them back and forth it's a conversation sometimes it's just a we're being told history watching a movie so here's god talking back to king david because king david was asking this god his god a question verse two only he that spiritually walks upright in righteousness in obedience in faith in support of in doing my laws my statutes my commands my edicts my ordinances my words you learn a lot about edicts decrees laws and commands if you watch maybe ancient historical Chinese dramas and you go into the throne room of the emperor and you see how marriages were decreed and edicts were given through the eunuchs how they were read out and how the people bowed down to receive them if you didn't follow them you died very powerful when the king spoke rarely did he talk when he was in the audience in front of his prime ministers in the throne room and the courtroom he listened because his word was law you could die at a hand wave or you could live so king david knew that he knew that because he had lived that in that system so this god is answering king david said only those people that do what i command may obey my words my rules and in doing my laws you have to first hear then accept it then bow and receive it stand up and go do it and whoever spiritually works does thinks behaves righteously and speaks thinks has images inside of here does my truth in his own spiritual heart and mind and soul he says that is who shall spiritually abide live in reside in his spiritual presence in his tabernacle in his holy hill so you can be told to do something inside you can go i am not going to do that and you don't bow but you can do it with your physical body but in here you are resisting you're a traitor he's looking here so he knows you might have multiple personalities and the personality that's doing it isn't the one that's disobeying him it is a complicated system and here but that's where he's looking you might call it your heart 
but he's looking at your thoughts. Some people would go, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't care what you say in here, but they'd go do it. There's a wonderful story about that, about a father asking his oldest son to go and out in the fields and care for the sheep. And he griped and complained about his brother and blah, 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 blah. And he, no, I'm sorry. There's a story about this. A father asked his oldest son to go out into the fields. And he said he would, but he didn't go. He asked his next son, his younger son, to go. And he complained, I want to play and have fun. Why, 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 why? But he went. God's looking to see what you're thinking and what you're doing. And he's saying only those that line up correctly, spiritually. See, on the outside to me, on the microphones, out in public, you can live one life and look good. Look like a fine, upstanding citizen, a righteous one. But on the inside, you're evil and wicked and disobedient to the God of King David. Verse number three. He, this is the Lord still talking to David, and he's still answering his question. He that backbites not. Don't talk about your neighbors, your people. People who abused you. The politicians. As a master teacher, a pastor, evangelist, and a prophet, I can speak about evil, and I can speak about evil deeds. If I'm given permission, I can challenge you to what you're doing, what you're saying. All of those who do not yet believe in and confess that this God is their God. They're in another kingdom. They're in the kingdom of darkness and they serve Satan. So I really have nothing to say to them about their righteousness with this God. But I can call them into the light. I can come to them in love, offer forgiveness, and help them to be able to step into this. Verse 3. He that backbites not isn't angry at his neighbor and doesn't talk back with his tongue and through his physical body. Nor does evil in his to his neighbor nor takes up a lie or a reproach or attack against his neighbor so he's defining our behaviors for us what we each see out also our thoughts he's saying huh got some rules here for who can be in my presence and who can't there is also a spiritual world. Your spirit can backbite. Your spirit can attack other human spirits. Your spirit can also have thoughts and images and anger, feelings. Your spirit is really you. And then you have your soul, which has feelings, emotions, thoughts. 
and your biological body. Mm -hmm. We're learning that God will help us. But we have to know the difference. And he's not just looking at our biological body and what we can see it do. You might get on a microphone and lie to me for your purposes. You might live in a system that is evil and wicked and violent and destructive. You might be seeking your own pleasures and you hurt little children or you kill those in the womb because you're not a life-giving person. You're selfish and you don't even want to pay for it. You might be a politician that cares nothing about anything but power and money and your legacy. You're not a good administrator. You serve a god of a flag or political party, not the king of heaven. So God's looking, he's saying. I'm looking at your spirit and its thoughts, its heart, what it does. I'm looking at your soul and what it thinks, the images it creates, what's inside of you, your mental health, sort of. And I'm looking at your biological body and what it does or doesn't do. Verse number four. The God of Israel, King David's God, Pastor Deborah's God, the God and King of heaven, that's the territory, the land, the God of the Bible. He continues talking to King David in verse four. And he tells us a little bit more about himself, who we can look at, what he's looking for, who can stand and be in his presence. He goes, in whose eyes a vile person, a wicked, evil person, is condemned. He's not honored. He's not respected. He's not supportive. But he, you, King David, Pastor Deborah, and others, that honor and respect them, that fear the Lord, that obey him, that follow, that praise him, that worship the Lord of King David. So now we're being divided into categories. Some of us are vile persons. We condemn people, our neighbors, nature. We don't honor laws. We're not respectful. We don't support the God of life because we vote for abortion. We don't respect laws. We break into other people's nations. We don't come in the right way. He said, you must have a fear of me. You must respect me. Honor me. My words, my laws, my commandments. I am the Lord of King David, he says. 
I'm the Lord God of Israel, of the Prince. The Lord and God of the Bible. And he says finally in verse 4, But you that swear to your own heart and do not change cannot be in my presence. Many people hide what they're doing. Call it lies and disinformation. Many people are supporting nations who have a dragon as their Lord. Many people are living in the past, trying to recapture some kind of glory on the earth. Other people have mental issues through abuse, trauma, childhood experiences. Many people are bought and sold as slaves, used as cannon fodder, used up and thrown away by the rich and the powerful. There's always a battle going on. The rich ones, the poor ones. Those that rule the world and those that are to be ruled. And God says, that's not how it's to work. And if you don't honor your neighbor and myself, you cannot be in my presence. Verse 5. He, you, that puts not, does not give out his money to usury. To interest, nor who takes rewards against the innocent. That means if you're a bank and you are asking people to pay back what they borrowed with interest, that's usury. It says, you can't be in my presence. You may give and you give freely. But you don't ask them to pay you back with interest. And you don't take any rewards or money or trips, bribes to kill the innocent. Politician who takes money and votes for abortion, you're taking a bribe against the innocent. You that want to change how little children think and you take money from a government that is not a kingdom, not going to be in God's temple or his presence. The innocent, nature, children, developing nations, women, children, men. This verse is talking into the spirit realm and in the natural realm. God's a double talker. He's going to speak into the spirit realm and the natural realm all at once. It says, he that does these things shall never be moved or changed. The only way that can happen is you must die spiritually. Die in your mind. You must go to a cross. Get on it. And the old Jew that's vile and wicked, full of flesh and pride and lust and greed, must die. 
and you must be rebirthed, reincarnated within yourself. A new creature that can stand in his presence. Born again, brand new, because the old you died. And that's the only way you can be freed of your father, Satan. The old you that's full of ick, horrible, that cannot be in his presence. That you must die. I went through that. And you'll read about that and hear about that in the story called It's Time. Jan, who I was, by my own words, died on a cross. Had the experience. And Pastor Deborah was birthed. Came into the light. To you now. So he is saying... He that does these things, all of these things he's talked about in these verses. You'll never be moved, changed. You'll never abide in the Lord's holy hill. These are powerful words. Most of us never ask God any questions. We might quote scriptures, but we never ask him how come they're not working. Maybe we don't give him time. Maybe our faith is weak. Maybe it's for the realm of the spirit and not the realm of the flesh. Been there myself. Questioned a lot of things. But in this particular verse, in this word of encouragement, God is trying to help us fulfill Isaiah 61 and 62. Bring us out of captivity of ignorance and out of horrible clothes. And out of the existence in our heart and mind. Of who we are. And he's trying to birth us anew. And give us new clothes. And bring us into his presence. As his prince. His son. His offspring. Doesn't mean male or female. It means offspring. Child. He is a God. He is a king. He's a warrior. He's a lawgiver. The judge is saying, so are you, spiritually. And David was asking a great question. Well, who can come into your presence? Who can live in it? Who can come to your holy hill? Now, Satan can come there. He still can. He's not been completely thrown out. Any demon can be brought. The king can be in the presence of evil, wicked people. He knows them. Problem with Satan, who was Lucifer, son of the first age, the son of the morning, is the angels, as you see over here, when they were created, they're spiritual beings. They are eternal. They either are one way or the other. They can change and mutate, which Lucifer did, and one third of the angels with him. And they can never return back to their pure, glorious state. My first angel I had, named Samuel, helped me with so many stories and was with me in my early days. And you'll hear about him. But he manifested as a human being, a male, beautiful male, to help some children in Houston, Texas. And he ended up having sex with one of the girls. And he became a demon. And he was sent to hell. 
Even angels can be perverted. And there's a great uh, lots to read about that. Perversion is powerful. Lust of the flesh, the sex, the eyes, the flesh is powerful. The flesh is powerful. That even a mighty angel can become a demon. But they can come in God's presence if he desires. There is a final resting place for them called the lake of fire. At the appointed time, after mighty battles have happened on earth, tribulation time has come. Raptures have occurred. More tribulations. Satan's thrown into a prison for a thousand years, led out more time. And eventually one day, the battle will be over. All the demons, devils, Satan, and his followers, his children, will go to the lake of fire. The earth will be destroyed, folded up like an old garment. Maybe the sun will come and explode like an, it did in Krypton. And our solar system, as we know it, will no longer exist. At that time, all the humans, spirits, will be in the kingdom of heaven. And then we will eventually become ready to go to a new earth. God is not going to stop his plan of colonization, expansion. That is what a king does. He's always taking new territory, new lands, sending colonists, study the ancient empires. The kings would send out ships and people to new lands and territories, and then people would go. God's the same. That is a shadow of this God. He is showing his power of expansion, building new lands, taking territory, and then putting his light, his rules, his laws through his planted people. So that in two realms, the realm of the spirit that's on the earth or a new earth or a new planet, and in the realm of the natural, he rules by his laws. And he has conquered that new land called the flesh. So here in this word of encouragement, do some self-reflection. Look at yourself. And if you can't, have someone you trust. Ask them questions. Seek answers. There are people out here who will help you. They will not judge you. For you've already been judged. They will love you to help you understand what kind of person you really are, what kind of issues you have, and how to heal them. There's a lot of helpers, a lot of life coaches, therapists, doctors, support groups, peer-to-peer support groups, a lot of books, videos, movies, conferences. There's no lack of help, but you must seek. You must search. You must ask yourself and be honest. But right now, let's close this word of encouragement out and let you know there is hope for you. You can come like this young person. Stand before angels, the laws of God and God himself one day. I do it now. 
been doing it since I was three. But now my soul can do it. There are days when my soul is depressed, sad, upset, and my spirit must go to it inside of me and say, soul, we aren't going to sit in that mess. We're not going to be depressed. We together are going as a couple into the presence of the Lord. We are going. I am your covering. I am your husband, so to speak, your protector, the spirit over the soul. The soul was always to be sort of a woman, the weaker one, to be protected, guarded over, watched over, in unison one and married to, the spirit. But it was the spirit's job, sort of like the husband, the protector, the king, to provide correct information, knowledge, truth, companionship to the spirit, to the soul. When that relationship is broken, the soul rises to the ascendancy and the soul becomes the king with the physical body. And the spirit descends into chaos, darkness, trances, fear of death, dark pits, tormented, and remains a baby. So there's a lot for you to learn just from this one video. But your word of encouragement is a question. Can you abide in the holy temple of the Lord God of Israel, of King David and Pastor Deborah? Or not? Ask yourself. Come and ask me on the comments. I'll look. I can see. He can see. Satan, your enemy, can see. Whether you can or cannot. Be encouraged. If you can't, there's hope. If you do, I want you to be able to walk those stairs and come into the very light. That powerful light. And not be burned up or destroyed. So you be encouraged. I'll see you next week. On another word of encouragement from Pastor Deborah. On the Hidden Kingdoms YouTube channel. Watch all the YouTube shorts. Please subscribe. And learn. And grow. To become the king you're supposed to be. A child of a God. Living in the light and the righteousness of holiness and beauty. Now, inside of this dirt body, inside of your soul, and rule and reign for the kingdom of heaven on earth. I'll see you next week. Bye. Mm-hmm.